first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware. Today we will be talking about Breaking, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Never Have I Ever, 13 The Musical, Amber Brown, and Surfside Girls. Right now we are going to be talking to Benjamin about Breaking. How are you today? I'm good. That's great to hear. So for people who don't know, can you tell us about Breaking? Uh, Yeah, Breaking is about um, a veteran named Brian who... uh, who wants a check um, from the Veterans Affairs offices and does not get it. And so he holds up a bank. Um, and the reason behind it is sort of unclear. Um, but then it just sort of follows the standoff between the cops, the people in the bank, and then uh, Brian. That sounds like a really interesting plot. Yeah, no, it's a really pretty engaging story yeah it definitely sounds like it and seems very action-packed i don't know it's not really what it's going for another question what do you think the film is going for um so i think this is where it sort of lost me a little bit um it's definitely sort of about uh the way we treat our veterans which i think is a really interesting topic it just feels like when it is time to ultimately unveil what it's all about. It sort of grinds to a halt. And I feel like for a movie about a bank robbery, um, there are definitely moments of intensity and moments where you feel the tension sort of like encroach on you. Um, But yeah, I just, I didn't think it felt like it was fully operational the way it wanted to be. All right. Well, then how would you describe the experience of watching the movie versus what you thought when you decided to review it? Um, well, so actually I watched this at a, on a whim uh, in January. It was at Sundance virtually, a hmm. Sundance Film Festival virtually. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I didn't really go in with huge expectations. Um, but I guess, yeah, no, I just sort of expected like a, Um, based on a true story thriller. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And it's not a bad movie by any means. Um, It's just not great. I understand. Kind of the most boring way to put that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. There's some movies, definitely a lot of movies out there that are like that. So kind of on a lighter note, what things do you feel like you did find good or was well about this film? So the performances in this movie are amazing, pretty much across the board. They're very good. John Boyega um, from Star Wars, he played Finn. He's the lead of this movie, and he is really uh, very excellent. I mean, obviously, it's sort of like tick-based performance. Like, there's a lot of – he's very kind of jittery, as you'd expect uh, someone in the headspace of robbing a bank might be, or holding up a bank, rather. To be clear, he is not robbing. Um, and he also just mixes in these sort of eccentricities uh, that are really interesting. 
Um, he's very polite um, and considered, and you can't sort of take your eyes off of him. Um, and he makes a lot of moves, but all very slowly. <laughs> oh, yeah. and um, Nicole Bahari, who I've seen in like two things, and and she's just constantly on her A game. Um, she's sort of the bank. She's one of like the, um, she, I believe she's the manager um, and she sort of becomes a leader um, when Brian enters and starts to uh, hold them up. And yeah, that's a pretty remarkable performance. A lot of poise, um, which is always really impressive and it never feels like a put on. Yeah, I feel like that always, tends to be like some of the best parts of films like the acting even if they're not the best I feel like they always seem to have pretty good performances in terms of like the actors so why do you think that people should go and watch Breaking um I think definitely the performances make it worth it especially those who are more familiar with John Boyega um from his other work and I think the message is too, I think this is also one, like you can probably get just about as much out of it if you read an article or a Wikipedia page, which is does not speak very well to this movie. Right. Um, but I think Brian's story is the thing that shines through. Um, and I think that is important. And I'm glad that this movie uh, can showcase that. Pretty understandable. Sounds very interesting. So for my last question, with star rating and age recommendation, do you give this film and where and when can people find Breaking? I give Breaking a light three out of five. I would, And I would give this an age rating of 14 to 18 because it's a movie about a, a, a bank hold standoff up. at a bank. It's not... <laughs> This isn't Coco Melon, you know. <laughs> um, and I believe you can see this one in theaters this weekend, and it should head to video on demand uh, shortly after that. All right. Well, sounds this week, like... sorry, heads to theaters August 26th. All right. <laughs> well, this sounds yeah. like a pretty, pretty interesting movie. And thank you so much for speaking with me about it. Thanks, Tiana. You're welcome. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking with Benjamin about breaking. Now we will talk to Sydney about She-Hulk, attorney at law. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I personally got to view the first episode of this series myself, and I loved it. But for oh, people- yeah. <laughs> but for people who don't know, what is She-Hulk, attorney at law about? So She-Hulk Attorney at Law is about an attorney living in Los Angeles with the name of Jennifer Walters. And her and her cousin Bruce, which is the Hulk, they get into a car crash. And after the crash, some of Bruce's blood gets into her wounds, which causes her to transform into an adapted version of the Hulk. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting plot, but it definitely shows more girl power. We don't have that many girl superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so yeah exactly definitely definitely a needed series 
So yeah. what are some of the things that you found interesting about this series? Um, what I found interesting was like it's a spin-off series of the Hulk. So I feel like not a lot of people would know about it. And what I also found interesting was that they portrayed her as a female, like you said, which is like a She-Hulk thing. And I really like that they had female empowerment. It's very, it's, I mean, it's great to see that Marvel has changed from like all superhero men to super, superhero with heroines. I really think that's interesting and a great peak in society. Right, yeah. Especially now, I feel like you see a lot of the comics of yeah. the female heroes, but you don't really see a lot of them having their own series. I mean, like you see them show up like Valkyrie or Captain yeah. Marvel. Now they even have Miss Marvel. But I definitely love what they're doing, giving them um, their own, oh, even Black Widow, giving them their own movies and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So how would you describe the show in terms of its relationship with the MCU? Well, I really think it's more like a spinoff, like an extra thing. And I really think people should watch it. But I think this film, I mean, the series has a lot of action. It's more of a backstory as well. Like it's into Hulk's personal life, which is his cousin. And I think it's really interesting because, as you said, like in comics, it's just like fighting and action. But this one, it has action. It does have action. It just has more backstory and more like how to describe a superheroine. It really shows like how she got there and stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just fighting people, you know? Right. Definitely. It shows more of like the attorney of all part. Yeah. In her in her normal state, but also in the Hulk state. So we're talking about before how this is a show that you would recommend to other people. What about She-Hulk Attorney at Law do you think will make other people, especially kids, want to watch it? Well, I think this would make kids want to watch it to compare everyone like the same. Like no judging people just because of a specific gender, like no gender stereotypes. And I think kids would also enjoy the series if they've watched other Marvel movies. I think they would be fine watching it and think of it as interesting. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like I said, I personally got to watch some of it. I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait for the next episode to come out (laughs) on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Just going back a bit, what made you interested in reviewing this in the first place? Well, what made me interested was that, well, of course, the title She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. But I really wanted to see how Marvel took this name and really represented the character. I mean, the characters and actors really did an amazing job, an amazing performance. But I'm more focused on like what Marvel had to do with it, like the behind the scenes. And I really enjoyed that, like, they they had more characters, definitely, and more interaction other than just fighting. I think that was really evident in this film, I mean, the series. I really, I would say I enjoyed this series more than, like, Iron Man, (laughs) you know? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird for me because, I mean, I am personally an Iron Man fan, definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I think this definitely fits in well. And yeah. it's something that, I mean, a lot of series of the other series, I feel like I started watching them, like the Loki series. I feel like mm -hmm. I started watching it. And then eventually I just stopped. But this is definitely one where I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. So what did you learn from this series? Well, I learned that, um, like we said, back to female empowerment, that women's emotions are normal. And I really like that they portray that in this series that is used to action and everything fighting and stuff like that. And I really like that they had a message that, like, it's okay to have strong feelings, especially anger. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's what I think, that female empowerment, it's really a change that I'm glad that Marvel has come to because I personally when I was younger I would always watch Marvel and be like oh it's just them fighting and no all this conflict but now yeah. as we hear the backstory of all of the Marvel things I really enjoy the interaction like more peaceful interaction yeah definitely I mean it was just all about I feel like it also tied into like mental health yeah. in a way. And that was just amazing. But I know we're short on time. So <laughs> for my last question, what age recommendation and star rating do you have for She-Hulk Attorney at Law? And where can people find it? So I gave She-Hulk Attorney at Law four and a half out of five stars. And I recommend it for ages eight to 18 plus adults. And the first episode of She-Hulk already streamed. But each coming episode streams every Thursday after that, which was August 18th. So every Thursday after August 18th, you can watch She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. All right. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing more episodes of She-Hulk Attorney of Law. Like I said, I loved it. And I know I can tell by how you were talking about it. You loved it, too. Yeah. Everybody listening to the show goes and watches it and enjoys it, too. Yes. Well, thank you for speaking with me today, Sydney. Thank you for your time. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Simons from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First film critic boot camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Fiance from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking with Benjamin on Breaking and Sydney on She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Now we are going to be talking to Catherine about Never Have I Ever. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Super excited. (laughs) So for people who don't know, what is Never Have I Ever about? So these, it's the story about the very hot-headed, but also lovable uh, Devi Vishwakumar. Um, it's the third season. So her story continues as she goes through the challenges of high school and her love triangle with Ben and Paxton is not over yet. <laughs> it definitely sounds pretty, pretty interesting of a plot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it. I did look it up and it definitely seemed like a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what did you personally think about Never Have I Ever? I enjoyed it. At some points, I found myself getting frustrated at the poor choices made by Davey, but I still enjoyed the show. You know, like when you get mad at a character because you know that that's not right. All the time. All the time. This show. If you're looking for a show that's going to make you slightly angry, but you're still going to like it, then this is the perfect show. Okay. I might have to check it out. Definitely. (laughs) I totally enjoy yelling at my screen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you're going to love this then. All right. I'll have to check it out. For sure. (laughs) So fun question, because this is called Never Have I Ever, does this Mm -hmm. series have anything to do with the game Never Have I Ever? I mean, slightly, it's the titles of the episodes are all like, never have I ever like blank, you know, and it will either happen or not happen. So I guess that part kind of has to do with it. Most of the time it will happen, I guess. So it doesn't, nobody really plays like never have I ever, but it's the, the, the episodes are titled like never have I ever like done this or something. Okay. That's pretty creative. Honestly, I thought, because I don't really know much about this. I mean, I would have thought it was something like they were trying a bunch of different things that they've never done, like kind of like an adventure Mm -hmm. show. But still sounds pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say was your favorite part about Never Have I Ever? I would say my favorite part was probably the time jump. It starts off right where... It's left off uh, from season two. So definitely show you want to watch from uh, the beginning. Uh, And I'd say, yeah, I'd say my favorite part is the time jump uh, because it goes through kind of a montage of, well, it's like, yeah, I guess it's like a montage of time, uh, like going on, like what's going on with the main character, Davey. Um, So I feel like that was probably my favorite part. All right. Sounds pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, I like <laughs> interesting show for sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely something that I'll probably have to binge watch since better yeah. to watch it from the beginning. Definitely will have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what aspects does this film in a sense like bring out like in 
Well, I guess it's basically just another way of asking, like, what was the message? What things can you learn from that yeah. process? So it's similar to what it had in season one and two. It, essentially, it's to think things through and make good decisions, but you can also, like, people mess up. You're always human. And, you know, you can have some fun along the way. Uh, it shows, it also shows, like, how powerful, I guess, love from family and your friends can be because everybody has like a really tight bond, like their family and their, um, their friends and everything. Everybody has a really tight bond. So I guess that's probably something that it brings out. It sounds like something very, very important, very good to mm. be able to learn. For sure. So for my last question, what age recommendation and star rating would you give Never Have I Ever and when and where can we find it? So I give Never Have I Ever four out of five stars. I recommend it for ages 14 to 18. There's profanity and some suggested material. So I'd say, yeah, 14 to 18. And then it comes out on Netflix. Well, I guess it came out on Netflix on August 12th. All right. Well, like I said, I definitely have to check it out. And thank you so much for speaking with me today, Catherine. Of course. It was a pleasure. Right. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just talked with Catherine about Never Have I Ever. Right now we are going to listen to Catherine's interview with some of the cast members of Never Have I Ever. Hi, I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with Richa Morjani and Porna Jagannathan for their roles in the Netflix series Never Have I Ever Season 3. Right, so we're going to start with Richa. So in what ways do you relate to your character? Oh my gosh, I relate to my character in so many ways. First of all, um, I think we're both uh, uh, just very awkward people. <laughs> and we get ourselves into very awkward situations, which comes from a, a deeper issue of being a people pleaser. I think both mm -hmm. of us, are we have the disease to please. She's laughing because I say this all the time. No, it's, <laughs> no because it and is funny. And it's true, yeah. too. <laughs> um, you know, and, and also aside from that, just... I, the pressures that we feel from our family and culture and community to be perfect in a lot of ways and to make everybody around us happy. And sometimes that means not putting our own happiness first and that can get us into trouble. So yeah. those are all the, all, all some of the ways that I relate to my character. Yeah, for sure. Did you like, is there anyone maybe in your life or even like yourself, did you draw anything from that person to play your character? Or? Mostly, as you said, mostly mm -hmm. it was, you know, seeing how um, certain situations and, and things that I went through in my life, how I mm. related to that. And, you know, she moved here from India, yeah. and I'm Indian, but I mm -hmm. actually did something that was the opposite of that. <laughs> I moved from here to India when I was um, in my early 20s to pursue acting there. So I knew what it felt like to move away from your family and everything that you, you've ever known and grown up with and, and to be alone in a whole new place, but doing it because there's a dream that you're chasing mm. and something that you want to personally accomplish and uh, the bravery that you need to do that, but also the fear and uh, and the difficulties that you experience. So um, yes, I drew, I drew from a lot from my own life. Um, and you know, we didn't have a lot of representation when we were growing up seeing characters like mine on American television. So there wasn't really anything I could pull from, from that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really had to rely on people in my own life and myself. Yeah, it's very brave of you to like move from a whole like to a whole different like continent. continent. I'd be yeah, I'd be so scared <laughs> to do that. So yeah. it's really brave. It's scary, but it's also it's such an amazing opportunity for growth, which is yeah. exciting to see how 
Kamala has grown so much mm-hmm. by doing that. Yeah. And, and that scene between Kamala and Melanie, where Kamala, in season three, where Kamala tells Melanie that Davy should go, you know, go away to yeah. the school because it's, it's, it's an amazing opportunity for growth, is really because uh, Kamala and Richard have both kind of experienced that in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a very, like, telling moment where Melanie kind of looks to Kamala for, you know, she, Nani always kind of presents as having the answers, but is, is now looking to both Davy and Kamala for, 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 for growth. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, Porna, what was like the most surprising thing that came out of filming season three? Like, was there anything fun and surprising? Or? Well, uh, I realized I'd never really acted opposite, um, uh, like I haven't had a lot of scenes with South Asian women you know, this is the first show that happened, and I haven't had a, like, a, a, a I can't describe it, the relationship that Saryu, Blue, and I have is just, like, friends, like mm-hmm. a, a, like a, like a, a girl pal hang, yeah. you know, plays Raya. she calls, yeah. she yeah. plays Raya. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, you know, those scenes are just so revealing, and that, that, that search and that hunger for intimacy, so real for Nelanie, and I just really enjoyed filming those scenes, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was a new thing for the character as she seeks intimacy outside the house as well. But also for me, I realized I'd never really had that kind of friendship scenes with mm-hmm. with a South Asian actress before. Yeah, or not actri- another actress of color actually. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's really great that you can find ways to connect, and you guys are close in real life, as you said. We became really close. Really yeah, yeah. yeah that's really close. great. All of us. Yeah. yeah. That's so great, yeah. So also, I'm gonna ask the same question to you. Yeah. What was, was there anything that su- surprising to you, I guess? You know, it's still a surprise to me that I'm even on this show and that the <laughs> show is being made and that yeah. people watch it. For four seasons For four it. seasons and, and people watch it, not just Indian people, but mm-hmm. people all over the country and all over the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And um, I don't take it for granted for even one minute or one day that, that we get to be a part of something so special. But yeah. I think for season three specifically, if anything surprised me, it was uh, working with the grandmother, mm-hmm. played by the wonderful Ranjita, who I have worked with in a theater production before this show. Oh. So getting to work with her in such a different capacity in front of camera, and she's so, so talented and um, funny, funny and, and experienced. And it's just, it's so great to see, um, speaking of South Asian women, just so many strong and fully fleshed out South Asian characters across uh, generations working together Mm. um, has been so inspiring and um, educational for me also. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's really great because, as you said, there isn't, I feel like, a lot of Indian representation on TV. Like, I notice it's really not. So it's really great to have this, like, wonderful show on Netflix Mm -hmm. for, as as you said, like, everywhere. Yeah. You know? It's really great. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's great as for, for, for audiences, but it's also great for us as actors mm-hmm. just to feel like we, you know, we talk about this a lot, how it's the first time either of us, you know, she's been in the industry longer than I have, but even for me, it's just the feeling of walking onto a set and feeling like it is truly your set, yeah. feeling like you belong there. That's something that I think neither of us have ever truly mm-hmm. experienced, and mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful feeling, and I, I truly hope that any set that I ever walk onto after this one, that I can feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we influence so much of, like, you know, so I think someone just asked us, like, are they open to input? Like, there are so many things from day one where we said, oh, we wouldn't wear shoes in the house, or this is, we'd eat with our hands, or, 
In season two, there's a scene where we say goodbye to my husband's, my late husband's mother, and it was a hug. And, and in, in, in our, where we come from, we actually lay on the floor and we, we bow in front of them. So, you know, all these small, small, tiny nuances, adjustments yeah. and nuances that they're always open to. And mm -hmm. the whole, it's, and you know, so even what Nalini wears, is, there's, it's such a deeply collaborative process that uh, we neither of us have been part of that kind of sort of deep dialogue and collaboration yeah. before. And I hope yeah. we both carry that on to forward. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, what, so, Nalini, not, sorry, Nalini, 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 <laughs> you got it. I'm sorry, yeah, Nalini changes a lot, I feel like, not a lot, but she still stays, stays true to her cores, but I feel like she changes a bit in relationship with Davey, mm -hmm. so can mm -hmm. you, ex like, tell me what it was like to explore that part of You know, Nalini? it was a very pivotal conversation that happened in the writer's room, mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, would, would Nalini stand up for Davey? And a lot of the South Asian <laughs> female writers was like, I don't no. think my mom has ever stood up for me like yes. till today, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 a stretch, you know. Mm -hmm. But how do you? Uh, TV can all obviously reflect our times, uh, but it it can also have characters that do things differently, so that so that it kind of changes how viewers. How can I describe She this said it really that? well, actually, in another interview. She said, and I remembered it, yeah. TV can, you know, these stories can often reflect who we are, but it can also show us who we can be. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm Thank totally stealing that, so by the way. Much. That's why I remembered it. Thank you so much. Yes. That's a great quote. Um, <laughs> what's the quote? Who we it's, are, who we can TV be. TV can I reflect who we are, but I it can also that. show us who we can be. That's, <laughs> I love that. Uh, and I feel like uh, that started in season two with the role of the grandmother, um, really kind of standing up for Nelanie when, when, when Davy was kind of just, you know, talking back with her and when she discovered that Nelanie had a boyfriend. And that's not anything I've ever seen on TV of, of a, a mother-in-law standing up yeah. for her daughter-in-law yeah. across cultures and especially not a South Asian especially thing. Especially not a South Asian culture. And I, you know, I, I do know that when my friends saw it, they were like, this might show people how to act and become like it just creates and forges a path on what is possible and maybe people can step into it mm -hmm. um, and also this show even for me like the lines that that the therapist say or the lines the mother says you know the it's like the lines you've never heard but kind of need right yeah um, and they just deeply resonate and they, they're just resonating so so it's that yeah all right well thank you so much for talking with me oh, thank you. it was so it's great to meet you all Thank you, Richard Morjani and Porna Jagannathan, for talking with me today. Never Have I Ever Season 3 releases on Netflix on August 12th, 2022. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Samrish from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, 
properties and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Breaking, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Never Have I Ever. Now we are going to listen to Micah's interview with Frankie McNellis about 13 The Musical. Hi, I'm Micah reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with Frankie McNellis, who plays Lucy on Netflix's 13 The Musical. Welcome to the show, Frankie. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We can't wait to talk to you. So your character, Lucy, she's pretty mischievous and always wants her way. Was this an easy role for you to play or did you kind of have to try harder to portray someone with this kind of personality? Well, that's interesting. It was once I got used to it, like switching into Lucy, it got pretty easy. But at first it was really hard to decide on how mean I wanted her to be because (laughs) You know, she's still Kendra's best friend, and right. even though she's a terrible friend, terrible. Okay, <laughs> um, it you know, there's a there's a limit to being too mean. Right. Yeah, I think that your delivery as Lucy was like the perfect amount of mean because I feel like it was almost manipulative because she seemed like she was nice at times, but then like underlying, like she'll get what she wants in the end. She's very fake. Exactly. Yes. Very fake. (laughs) I think that's the perfect description. It's pretty fake sometimes. Yeah. There are so many great songs in this film, like your song Opportunity. And I find myself listening to the soundtrack a lot. So what was the recording process like? Oh, that was very cool. Well, we started with um, we started with rehearsals for I think we did rehearsals for two or three months. Mm -hmm. And we did like one on one lessons and also group rehearsals with uh, Jason Robert Brown, the writer. And that, that was really cool because cool. I was fangirling the whole time. I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's the Jason Robert Brown. Oh my God. It would be too. That is so crazy. But then um, right before, I think maybe two weeks before we started filming or three weeks, we, mm-hmm. um, we went into the recording studio one kid at a time. And I think I got the recordings done in three days. Two or three wow, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Not that long. Yeah, but I only went back a few times because um, we changed, We had a few layer changes, but... Right. I mean, they work. It, it still slays in the movie. It definitely. It definitely <laughs> worked. What was it like working with this very large but very talented cast who were essentially the same age as you? Right. It was so much fun. We were all... Um, I think when we were filming, we were all ages 13 to 15 at the time that's just like the original musical actually yep it is that is so cool um 
it was so much fun because I'm close with all of the cast members and I was just on FaceTime with them like two minutes ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, we're, we're best friends in real life and we're always talking and hanging out. So that's great that you guys could form that connection. One that you'll have probably for the rest of your lives, just from this movie that will have such a big impact on other people as well. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah, this adaptation of the Broadway show includes a very diverse cast. We see Archie played by the amazing Jonathan Langle, who, despite being in a wheelchair, is dancing and singing his heart out. So what message do you think that sends to audiences? Well, it's so amazing because we have such a diverse cast. And with Jonathan, you know, he's in a wheelchair, which is amazing because he's so talented and it really shows through the screen. So exactly. Um, it's it's very cool having such a diverse cast and mm -hmm. everyone has no matter who you are you have someone that you can connect to on the screen and be like oh i'm i'm like i like them because i'm kind of i'm like that in real life you know exactly i think it's so great to have someone like you can look up to like you said having all that diversity and variety gives everybody the opportunity to relate to someone yeah 13 the musical has launched the careers of a lot of stars such as ariana grande and liz gillies did you feel any pressure when joining this legacy? I mean, it, I was a little nervous at first because I'm a huge, like a huge, huge fan of Ariana and Liz. Right. So I was like, oh my God, don't mess this up. They have so <laughs> many fans. So many people are fans of 13. Like if I do this wrong, it could be really bad. But I got to speak with Liz and she's the sweetest person wow. in the world. And she was like, you got this. Like, do not try to keep it the same. Like. Mm -hmm. We did it in 2008. It's 2022 now. Mm -hmm. Different, you know, just you got this. Have as much fun with the character as you possibly can. And I mean, I personally like how it turned out. So I do too. I think you did great. <laughs> Thank you. But I love that you're able to talk with her about that. Mm -hmm. That must have helped a lot, you know, to because she played the same character that you're playing now. It's like someone to look up to and kind of rely on for that kind of you know, advice. She's the sweetest. And I I was crying when I got to FaceTime her. I was like, oh my God, like the Liz Gillies. She's like my inspiration in life. So it was really sweet. So amazing. <laughs> Finally, what do you hope audiences will take away from watching 13 the Musical? Um, well, 13 has such a beautiful message and again, mm -hmm. so much diversity in the cast. So right. just I hope people learn that forgiveness is key in life and friendship is really, really important because I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Boys come and go. Your best friend will always be there for exactly. you. So you always, friendship is really, really important. That is a great message. And I took that away and I know that audiences will because the friendship of this cast is just amazing and people need that in life. Thank you so much for talking with me, Frankie. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> it was fun for me, too. I just talked to Frankie McNellis about her role as Lucy in the new musical, 13 the Musical, which is streaming on Netflix now. I'm micro-reporting for Kids First, and make sure you like, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been listening to Micah's interview with Frankie McNellis about 13 the Musical. Now we will be listening to my interview with Liliana Inouye about Amber Brown. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Summers reporting for Kids First, and today I'm speaking with Liliana Inouye about her role as Brandy in the new Apple TV Plus series, Amber Brown. 
Liliana has also starred in the short film, The Flows. Welcome, Liliana. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's so nice being here. Yes, I'm super excited to talk to you. I actually spoke with some of your co-stars before, and I cannot wait to learn more about you and Brandy. Thank you. Of course. So this series follows Amber Brown, who's trying to fit in while being new to her community and school. Your character, Brandy, is also new to the neighborhood and quickly becomes friends with Amber. What do you think makes their friendship work? Um, I think I kind of see it as kind of like the yin and yang symbol because they're so different from each other, yet they balance each other out so well. And like um, Amber's an introvert and Brandy's an extrovert. And I think it's very important um, to see that kind of dynamic. Yeah, for sure. They are like one of the best character duos I've ever seen. So I get one of your Instagram posts, you said that growing up is a work of art and everything is better with a quirky best friend like Brandy by their side. What makes Brandy the coolest best friend? I think what makes Brandy the coolest best friend is that she's not only very, she's very happy and bubbly, but she's also very kind and loyal to like Amber. Yeah, definitely. And I think just the aspect of seeing how from the first episode, which I was surprised because I think the first time I watched it, I only had the first episode. Seeing how from the very first episode of the show, they met each other and then in the second episode, it was like they knew each other forever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I also saw some of the posts, other posts you did about Amber Brown and just seeing how even Carson just mixed so well together, even offset. It's like, both your characters and you guys have known each other forever. And I think that probably helps make it easier with acting. For sure. Yeah, we've known each other since before we started filming because we were actually staying at the same hotel. So oh, we, cool. we also get to have like sleepovers at the same hotel, which is so much fun. Yeah, that sounds amazing, which actually I do remember that was a sleepover was part of one of the episodes. Yes. Yeah. So Amber Brown is based on the best-selling books by Paula Danzinger, and it follows a girl named Amber Brown as she finds her own voice through art and music in the wake of her parents' divorce. How do you think that this show helps kids cope with being a teenager and helps parents cope with raising teenagers? I think this show, one of the amazing things about this show is that it not only shows Amber's perspective, but it also shows like the parents' point of view and the friends' point of view, like Brandy. And I think that's really important to see all these different point of views and not just one. Um, and I also love that Brandy's character really shows how to be true to yourself. And that's, I think, really important. Definitely. And what would you say is your favorite thing about playing Brandy? My favorite thing about playing Brandy is that she's just so positive all the time. Um, like if somebody tries to insult her or say, you're weird or unusual, she'll just say, thank you. Because she knows she's weird and she knows that's what makes her her. Yeah, for sure. And even like, uh, I think it was the second episode where she's going up to Hannah and she's just like casually saying hi, even though Amber knows that she probably shouldn't talk to her. Brindy's like, no, I still want to say hi, see if we can get invited to the sleepover. So I think that's definitely what makes her amazing that she is loyal to Amber. And at the same time, she's just like, like I said, like carefree and she's able to do things like that. Because I know if it was me personally, I would have been so nervous. <laughs> I would have never been able to do that. Yeah, that's what I love about her so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so 
this series really touches on different issues that tweens and teens are dealing with and audiences can relate to, such as going to your first school dance, getting your ears pierced, and dealing with the parents' divorce. So which of the issues that the show covers do you resonate with the most? Um, definitely not the ear piercing one. I actually got my ears pierced when I was only six years old with my friends. But I think the issue of friendship is really important to me because I think everybody deserves a good friend. So that's really important to me. And I also think Brandy's character always shows that it's okay to be yourself, especially during middle school when some people get bullied and they try to fit in. But really being yourself is the most important thing. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important lesson that I learned because I know I'm someone to where I have my own personality, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes I change up a bit to try and become friends with certain people. And then it's like at the end of the day, it's like I have to realize that I will make more friends being myself than trying to fit in which with each little group of personalities. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, those were all my questions. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Liliana, and I cannot wait to see more episodes from Amber Brown in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It was so wonderful. Of course, I agree. So to everyone watching, Amber Brown is streaming now on Apple TV+. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Simons from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Breaking, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Never Have I Ever, 13 The Musical, and Amber Brown. Now we will be listening to my interview with Yaya Gosselin, Mia Sech, and Mei Chan about Surfside Girls. Welcome. Hi, Hi. thank you for having us. Yes. How are you all? Good. Good. How are you? I'm doing great, super excited to be talking about Surfside Girls. I got to watch it, and I didn't get through all the episodes, but I'm going to do that after this. So, <laughs> I love you, Thank you. Of course. 
So Mia, you both you and Yara's characters, Sam and Jade, enjoy surfing with each other. What specific set of skills did you need to learn to be able to do that? And what was the best part about it? Well, yeah, I mean, we had to surf. Well, I took a day of surfing lessons. <laughs> my mean. older sister. It's fine, days one. Yeah, I mean, I my sister, she was a big surfer. I have to admit, I'm a little bit afraid of what hides in the ocean because <laughs> I know there's a lot of things down there. I don't need to meet them. So I was like a little hesitant, but then... I got out there and it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Cold, but fun. Yes. Um, and then we got on set and I realized, oh, they have adult surf doubles for us <laughs> yeah. that made us look like we were pre-Olympic. Yes. Like, like they were incredible. Gross. And I was like, why did I need to? Yeah. Why did I need to go in the freezing water? But yeah, I mean, I I love that Sam and Jade are both like, I love that they're surfers. I think that that's not something that you see for two mm-hmm. ethnic girls. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things in this show you don't see for that. But yeah. this was one thing specifically, at least I hadn't yeah. in any like scripts that I've been shown. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's different. Like yeah. surfing is really. Exactly. And we really got to like find like that aesthetic of like the, yes. beach, the sleepy beach the town, beach like town. Mesa. Yeah. And it was, it was so much fun. So much fun. Yes, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've never tried surfing, but it looked very cool in the show. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ms. Chan, the series mentions about how young people are not too young to use their imagination. Why is this so important to remind people? Um, it's important because, like, I feel like, you know, a lot of times we kind of want to grow up super fast and become adults. And I feel like it's really important to really cherish the time that you have as a kid to just be wild and free and do whatever you want before you have to worry about like taxes you know like it's just like I'm terrified of taxes and it's like I want to try to cherish and I just want to try and you know just really be a kid and you know do goofy things and crazy things yeah but, you know when you're adult people may look at you a certain way if you do so I just feel like it's really important for kids to understand that have fun have sometimes, this amazing childhood yeah without, sometimes yeah, growing up especially in this day and age with social media you kind of have to step back remind yourself that you're never going to get those years back when you were yeah. a kid you're never going to be like a kid anymore and you have plenty of time to worry about all that growing up stuff that you yeah. have to do just I mean the other day I was like I went to an arcade mm-hmm. and I was like what am I doing here and I was like oh yeah being a kid yeah that's what I'm doing <laughs> and I just you really do have to remind yourself like Hold on. Yeah. It's very hard in this business to remind yourself that. It is. Yeah. But I think that for this show specifically, it was a really wonderful thing because, I mean, it's really me, Yaya, and Spencer, who plays Remy. It's us three kids who are really just on set all the time. Mm-hmm. And we got to, I mean, in between, we were like playing card games yeah. and we were yeah. joking around and laughing. Yeah. And I really got to experience being mm-hmm. like, remind it reminded me of that feeling of being an actor yeah. and I was like wow I should do this more often yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we hope that it'll like the kids will watch it and love it and 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 enjoy the adventure but also go out and find an adventure of their own you know in their backyards yeah well I definitely got that from watching the series <laughs> so yeah what do you think was just the best part of recording and creating the show um Best part, 
it, that's so hard because like the, the entire three months that we did it were just so like euphoric. I don't know. It was, it was incredible. Um, probably like the casting crew was just amazing. Like I work on a lot of projects and this one, the crew was probably the biggest thing that like stood out to me. It was just so fun getting to come to work every day. And it felt like, like, like your family members, like home, it, it was just so comforting. And also the fact that we built a boardwalk on top of like a dirt yeah, hill dirt lot. and yeah. it was just so exciting to really like use your imagination to kind of imagine this, this beach town, because you, you know, hear like cranes in the background and there were horses neighing and it was just amazing. Trailer exactly. Lot. Exactly. Uh, there was a, there was yeah. a, rail, uh, a railroad and a yeah. train would go by. Yes. Right every, by the stage. Every time we held. Yeah. Uh, PM yeah. Every day. Exactly. Yeah. And then there was a plane. It was just everything in between, but it was so amazing to really just try to like embody these characters and imagine this amazing town that I feel like everybody after watching will want to go to like Surfside is like the destination, you know, the place <laughs> to be. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I'm sure that sounded like a lot of fun. Yes. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about Breaking, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Never Have I Ever, 13 the Musical, and Amber Brown. Right now we are continuing my interview with Yaya Gosselin, Mia Such, and Mei Chan about Surfside Girls. So Mia, throughout the film, the characters Jade and Sam um, are kind of different from, like they're very different from each other. So like one is more just carefree, has more imagination, more fun. And then the other is more closed in, you know, she's a little bit more mature. So what do you think is it about Sam and Jade's relationship that just makes them get along with each other, even when they disagree? Yeah, of course. I mean, one of the first things that our director, America Young, um, who did the first two episodes showed us was a photo of a yin yang. And that was actually our first time meeting. It was over a Zoom. We and barely met each other. We were yeah. like, I think we have a lot of mutual friends. <laughs> we found out we both like socks. Yeah. Which is a very interesting <laughs> thing. But we were just talking and Aunt, uh, America, she showed us this photo and it had one side, she had like photoshopped it. Yeah. And one side had like a picture of me and the other side had a picture of Yaya and they were supposed to be Sam and Jade. And it listed all their attributes. And it was interesting to me because as an actor, I see a lot of friendships and it's so hard when you're first meeting that person that's playing your best friend and you have to sort of develop this relationship on your own mm -hmm. as the actors, you have to sort of talk about it and really figure it out. But that photo really just showed me, okay, they, they're balanced. They, you know, again, like you said, Sam has the wild like imagination and Jade has the logic and the science, but that makes them fit it's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. They, they could be so right. different, but fit so perfectly. And that Peanut was one, and jelly. exactly <laughs> yeah. like that was something that really drew me to it because I, as an actor, I mean, I'm like, wow, because I have friends. I mean, having two ethnic teen female leads was just already incredible for me to see. And then having them having their similarities, their differences, their things that were really specifically, you know, Jade or really specifically Sam was and having that represented in a show that young girls we're going to watch and young kids in general we're going to see was just something that i really felt was important to represent and really yeah. drew me to it and another thing that was that we got to see their families mm -hmm. and for me that was something that was really cool because especially when you're playing these ethnic characters seeing their families represented is it 
the easiest way to go is just to blanket it and be like, okay, this is what we know about this yeah. and just kind of yeah throw it out there, right? But this was really, they had their own unique stories. Mm-hmm. And right. that was something that was really wonderful to see yeah. within the scripts, within these scenes, mm-hmm. and getting to see the different spins that every actor put on certain lines and the way they really portrayed their character was really incredible. Yeah, and the way that you portray your characters are absolutely incredible. I mean, me being 11 myself, I mean, just Uh seeing their bond with each other, even like I said, of how different they are, just seeing how they're able to become really good friends. Because in this day and age, it's kind of hard for that to happen. You know, you just have like a group that you kind of click with based Mm -hmm. on personality and likings, and then you kind of don't really become friends with other people, even though I'm pretty good at becoming friends (laughs) with all kinds of people, but I definitely understand that. Well, I mean, by the way, it's incredible that you're a kid reporter. Kudos to you. That's amazing. (laughs) You're so composed. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Well, those were all my questions. Thank you for speaking with me. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Thank you all so much for speaking with me today. I cannot wait to see more from Surfside Girls. To everybody watching, make sure you watch Surfside Girls streaming on Apple TV Plus Friday, August 19th, 2022. That's all for this interview for Kids First. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our next reviews or interviews. Again, I'm Tiana Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Again, I'm Tiana Sands from Delaware reporting for Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.